This podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. Do stay tuned to find out how you can get 25% off of your pro membership. We are joined by Danny Steele from Union Management. Hello, Danny. How far can I swear on this show, by the way? Can I oh. say... Oh, drop the C-bomb. Oh, all agents must be like Ari Gold. Oh, so sorry, I'm going to be hated by agents. <laughs> You've revealed our secret. I tell you what, that would well catch an agent's eye, surely. I am married to a blow-up doll. <laughs> Right then, folks, what'll it be? Righty-ho. Righty-ho. I've never started an episode like that, but fuck Righty-ho. Righty-ho. 1895. Righty-ho, everybody. Lovely. (laughs) Now, some people might be listening and think, Scarlett's voice sounds a little different, but no, no, no. We are joined by Danny Steele from Union Management. Hello, Danny. Hello. Hello, David. Hello, Scarlett. Thanks for joining us. We were thinking of doing like a little you know, Scarlett and I riff and then go, oh, look, Danny's here, even though you've just been sat there twiddling your thumbs and you thought, no, bam, straight into it. Let's skip the foreplay in, you know. (laughs) Straight in. (laughs) So Danny here is an agent from Union Management and suddenly all of our actor listeners' ears have just pricked up going, what? Agent? Where? 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 I've got my cover letter at the ready. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we'll be talking about Danny's life as an agent. We've got some listener questions to go through. But, and most important of all, the most important question, and we ask all of our guests this, Danny, what are you drinking? This is a glass of red wine. Oh, I like the glass. That's very nice. That's a very fancy glass. Fancy glass. I only only do fancy glasses, Scarlett. This is a glass (laughs) of red wine, and it's jammy. It's it's actually called Jammy Red. That's the name of it. Jammy Red. Right. Um, Five ninety nine from the local co op. Um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. No, if it tastes good, then gets you drunk. It's, it's the one. <laughs> this is the high life that every agent lives by. You had us going until you said it's from co op. You could have just lied and said it's Waitrose's finest, darling. <laughs> darling, I don't. Sh- I don't shop at Waitrose. I can't afford Waitrose, but uh, <laughs> co op is good enough for me. <laughs> to be I fair, like a coop. They they sell yeah. pretty good stuff. To be fair, I've got a co-op around the corner, and I've visited that co-op many a time during lockdown, as they have many an alcoholic beverage that I've made <laughs> use of during lockdown. It's no premier. It's no one stop. They're not charging an arm and a leg for I don't know a bit of piss and a tin. So happy days. <laughs> Unless anyone from One Stop or Premier are listening, in which case we love your. St- Shops, uh, won't you sponsor us? See, I love, I love the way that this podcast is going. We're already started talking about, you know, pissing the tin. I mean, it's just, you know, this is it. It's brow stuff, you know. This is the kind of level you should expect from this podcast, Danny. If you expected some kind of really, you know, intense talking about the craft kind of podcast, you've come to the wrong place. Uh, put together is not how you'd describe us two, that's for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Cobbled together. I feel well at home now. So, um, well, we're recording this during lockdown three. It'll probably come out during lockdown three or four. Who knows? How's your lockdown life been treating you, Danny? Have you gone insane yet? Have you started baking banana bread like people did the first lockdown? Watch Tiger King again? All those things. <laughs> you know, I never watched Tiger King the first time around. I might actually do something. I might actually do that tonight. Um, got to watch Tiger King. Yeah. Um, you know, it's really interesting. I think uh, myself and I've, I've spoken to a lot of people about this they found this third lockdown particularly hard whether it's to do with um 
the weather has been cold, wet, rainy, um, dark, you know, dark. Um, whereas in the first lockdown, we were coming to spring and everything was going to lighter and stuff. So you could actually go out um, or whether it's to do with the fact of it's just like another lockdown. We don't quite know when this is going to finish. Mm. Um, so I found it hard. I have found the importance of actually self-care and actually giving myself what I need in this time more than any other time. Meditation, for example, or journaling, I found it so important this, you know, this time around. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag because we've all been through it before, but obviously the second one that felt like there was an end in sight because they said we'd be open for Christmas whether you agreed with whether we should have or not is another matter but it feels like at the moment as soon as you get a little up and a bit of good news they're tearing you back down again with a bit of bad so it's obviously it's affecting people in all sorts of ways isn't it Absolutely. And I think, how far can I swear on this show, by the way? Can I say? Oh, by, by all means. Go on, drop the C-bomb. I was just checking. I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I could. But, but you, know, the, the, you know, the government is just fucking the arts right now. And it's, mm. and it's just, it's, it's just breaks my heart because actually, you know, you know, we're all actors here. We're all, you know, we're all creators and, you know, hyphenites and stuff. And it's just kind of like, what else can we do? We've, you know, we're doing all these things. We, we, we're kind of putting ourselves out there. We're trying to do the best we can, whether it's podcasts or writing or IG lives or doing group Zoom uh, advice calls or anything like that. But it seems hard this time around. Mm. I remember in the first lockdown, because it was so new, there was this huge drive of creativity from everyone on our side, whether you're Gal Gadot doing a terrible rendition of Imagine with a load of celebrities uh, or people doing like I, I saw a load of charity read throughs over Zoom, people creating art, mainly Zoom, basically Zoom. Anyone who had stocks in Zoom was probably going, fucking hell, this is going great for me. But people were using what limited resources we had to create something and write and do everything and it seems like in this lockdown everyone's gone mm. i really can't be fucked <laughs> yeah and this is it i i you know i would agree with you i don't have any children yet but i know the actors that do and actually it's hard all the home homeschooling you have to do at home that just adds to it that's hard but there is light at the end of the tunnel there is hope you know i think in some ways <clears throat> yes of course it's very bad but also the flip side is it's brought a lot of people together it's brought a lot of the artistic community together, perhaps more than it ever has been. We do a lot of IG lives with a lot of my own contacts in in the states, in the US, and um, and that, you know, I don't think we would be able. I don't think we would have done that had had it not been for COVID. I mean, we wouldn't have started this podcast were it not for COVID. Yeah, yeah. All down to Scarlett being bored out of her mind and going, "I need to do something." <laughs> yeah. Something comes out of boredom. I get it. Yeah. Like I say, it's half and half for some people it's a fire under your ass but then also it's that monotonous groundhog day feeling as well like will it ever go anywhere will this really mount to anything for me and David I'm sure can speak for both of us in that it is an outlet to some degree the fact it's not scripted and we don't go in like it's got to be all proper and when we're not allowed to swear blah 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 do you know what i mean it especially because of the social interaction thing as well as creatives we are used to that absolutely scarlett i mean you know this is the thing you know we are we are all human beings and we are it's in our dna to connect you know, we Absolutely. want to be part of a group. We want to be part of a community. And actually you and David starting this, 
other actors doing similar stuff or, or similar stuff on Zoom or, or, you know, whatever it is. It's like we are wired to connect. We're wired to kind of go, mm. look, this is me and just kind of, you know, connect. And it's, you know, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Another one for you, sir. This podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. WeAudition.com is a revolutionary website with loads of fantastic and useful resources for all you wonderful actors out there. On WeAudition, you can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly, audition and take general meetings on video chat, get career advice from a wide range of industry professionals, and you can even earn money for rehearsing with other actors. So for all the listeners of Two Actors Walk Into a Bar, we've got a cheeky little voucher for you. Everybody loves a voucher, don't they? It's 25% off a pro membership. Two Actors, 25. T-W-O-A-C-T-O-R-S, 25. Shazam! Um, so union management started up in 2015. How did that come about? How do you, essentially, how do you start up an agency? I just wondered, how do you go from suddenly going one day, oh, I want to represent actors. How do you kind of get your foot in the door? I've been an agent since 2002. So Mm. next year will be 20 years, you know, working for a variety of different um, agencies, small ones and large ones as well, um, both in this country and also in, in the US. I never thought about wanting to have my own company until... I think it was about 2012 and I thought oh I know I could kind of do this myself and I you know some actors that I knew that wanted to leave an agency that I was with they said well if you ever start up on your own I'll be happy to join you and this is how agencies start up and of course you make a lot of contacts and back then I was I was working as a stand-up comedian as well so I was doing stand-up in the evenings and I was doing radio voiceovers as well off the back of that I, I managed to meet a lot of actors. We actually started from 2014, but became union in 2015 because autumn of 2014, we were called Comedy Actors London mm. because I, because my background was in stand-up and I thought, oh, you know what? Uh, we, we can represent, you know, stand-ups and comedy actors, things like that. Um, because a, a lot of briefs, they wanted um, comedy actors. And then I realised actually it's quite niche. So I renamed it in January 2015 uh, to union management because also it is a union. Um, so we call our actors partners, not clients. Mm. It's a partnership. Um, and it's, it's like any relationship you will have in your life with your significant other, for example, because actually it's like, okay, well, what can I do for my partners? But equally, what can they do for themselves? And what can they do for the, for the agency? And we are a small boutique agency. We have three agents uh, that work with us and we have uh, 80, 82 partners that's nice though because uh, again it's like a, quite a personal relationship with your partners because it's they're not just a drop in the ocean they're not just a number there's enough of you and then obviously a balanced amount of them which allows you to really get to know them and know what they're suitable for we're never going to be you know one of these agencies that have like hundreds of people on their books it's 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 a bit like when you go to a restaurant um how i like to put it is when you go to a restaurant you know, the menu is, you know, it's got five pages of different foods on and different, from different particular, you know, countries. You never quite know what you're going to have. But actually, we're the type of restaurant, just to, you know, just to continue with the food metaphor, we're the type, <laughs> we're the type of uh, restaurant that has like three or four dishes and they're always going to be excellent because you always know what you're going to get, basically. Mm. People are going to go on your website now and just start going, why do I feel hungry all of a sudden? <laughs> I'm looking at all these partners. <laughs> 
It's a good analogy. Weighs people's hearts, you know, <laughs> through their stomachs. <laughs> we do get Deliveroo as well. So, you know, you can Deliveroo our partners to wherever you want. It's fine. Um, get actors straight to your doorstep. There you go. That's your that's your new tagline. There we are. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I love it. I love I love the dichotomy of, of working as an agent, you know, building the contacts uh, in this country and also the US, building relationships and connecting authentically. And that's the key word, because mm. actually, you know, we work in an industry where there are a lot of um, inauthentic relationships, but I'm all about authenticity. I'm all about building a long-term career with someone because mm. that genuinely gives me pleasure. It genuinely gives me pleasure. But also working as an actor as well. I set up the agency so I didn't have, so I would have staff, so I wouldn't have to kind of, be on my computer all day long because that doesn't interest me you mm. know I'm on my computer and then I'm off it for like you know the rest of the day so you know I had staff around so yeah it's important for me to you know to be able to do that so are you still working as an actor as well as being an agent oh yes isn't that exhausting as hell <laughs> no not at all no 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 not at all I mean I I have a lot of coffee <laughs> no I mean <laughs> no no it's fine I mean you know it's not exhausting because I created that lifestyle I guess as well, because you were an agent working for various other agencies before starting up Union, was it quite easy then to bring forward your various contacts in the industry and establish, because you've already established them when you started up, were they quite easy to maintain connections with? They were, but also, um, you know, there's so many more casting directors now, there's so many more producers now, showrunners now, that you know, we have to, um, you know, make connections with. And it's it's just a wonderful thing. One of the best parts of the job is introducing an actor to a showrunner to, or, or, you know, to a producer. And it genuinely gets me excited. It genuinely kind of gets me, wow, okay, this, this is great. I suppose being on the other end of that as well, knowing what that feels like for somebody to be taking interest in you, wanting you for a job, it's getting a kick out of it, but in another way, isn't it? sort of broadens that yeah absolutely absolutely 100% Scarlett I mean it's you know um I've been doing it for as I said nearly 20 years now but so I do enjoy I do enjoy it. it's a job for life but mm. because of how I've kind of structured it it means that I can go off and do other stuff as well and that's one of the reasons why, why I started it in the first place yeah I'm sure that's so well it sounds like the dream for a lot of actors and creatives because you've got that balance you're not necessarily having to go out and do shift work as well and then try and cram everything you love in with that like the majority of people yeah I, yeah absolutely yeah you said as well you worked in this country and in America is there a difference at all in how being an agent works in those countries I imagine some people may think to uh the the show that was on HBO many years ago Entourage and just assume oh all agents must be like Ari Gold and an absolute dickhead running around in suits in open top cars yep oh was actually I thought that was like more of a satire <laughs> is that quite truthful then that show it's based in truth, isn't it? Like everything else, it's based in truth. And of course, there are people like that. And the majority of agents I know, both here and in the US, work incredibly hard. They also care so much for their for their actors. You know, there are some that, that you know, drive around in those big cars and they're quite arrogant and this, that and the other. Um, but more often than not, you'll find they just care about their actors. Yeah. Were you one of those agents? Did you have an open top car driving down Sunset <laughs> Boulevard? No, no, no. I, w I was in New York. I kind of imagine in America, it's a lot more stressful. There's a lot more pressure to, I don't know, achieve over there. 
Yeah, it, I mean, you have a lot more actors. You also have a lot more um, casting directors, a lot more producers. So you do work longer hours. You do work kind of, you you know, you do work harder. Obviously there, they, they or at the time, they didn't use Spotlight as much. They, you know, they do now. So they used, uh, the, well, they, and they still do, um, Actors Access. That sort of leads us quite nicely onto one of the questions we had, actually. If you're looking for new partners and your books are open is there any preference in taking on a partner that's already on spotlight and established or perhaps somebody that's a bit newer and fresher into the business and has only paid for perhaps one subscription is it star now or something like that it depends it depends on the actor it depends on what we think we can do for them as well hmm. we have we have gotten work for actors that aren't on spotlight if they fit in a particular genre so, for example, a couple of years ago, there was a there was a, um, a big commercial going around, and you had to be a certain height, and we didn't have anyone. And this this it just so happened that this guy emailed in, and it was he was like over seven foot tall, but he wasn't on spotlight. He was on, as you said, Star Now. Right. I thought, wow. So I just emailed um, his stuff to the cast director they wanted to see him and then and then he was booked casting directors use spotlight because it's the trusted thing to do um and and they've always done it i wouldn't necessarily say no to actors that aren't in spotlight but i think that you would be looking to get a spotlight application sooner rather than later for any listeners who aren't actors as we do have a few who are like what the hell spotlight isn't that the thing that shines on actors when they're doing (laughs) when they're doing a big long speech it's basically a big online casting directory, which is how us actors try and get jobs. Yeah, you've got Indeed and the likes of that. That's what we all go on to instead. <laughs> Things are very different right about now in terms of the acting world. As you said earlier, the government's kind of fucking us over. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Why am I being nice? I've not been nice about the government before. They're really fucking us, the absolute bastards. A lot of them. Fuck them. Oliver Down, you're an absolute prick. Where's this modesty come from, David? <laughs> what was I? I had a, what was I saying? I was saying something and I started rambling. That's just what we about do. About the government fucking us over. And- oh, yes. So obviously things are a bit different right about now with covid and everything and the pandemic um, sorry but every time you say right about now i really want to go funk soul brother <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've done it like twice three times and every time it's like on the tip of my tongue sorry carry on, well, carry now on. every time i say it i'm gonna be like oh god funk soul brother you sing the whole song <laughs> we're in a pandemic covid uh how has that affected you as both an actor and an agent because obviously we know what it's like as actors yes covid and how it's affected us badly but how has it been for you as an agent how's it been trying to find work for your partners but in the in the first lockdown i mean the first two months the industry pretty much shut down so we did a series of um zoom lives with um industry professionals casting directors um and then it picked back up didn't it it picked back up in the in the summer we've been pretty solid what about stage How's that been? I was I was fortunate enough to book um, one of our partners on a big online Zoom um, show. So you know, you know, theatre is being made, but they're just having to obviously change the the format a bit. You know, I can't wait for the theatres to reopen. I mean, I love the cinema, I love the theatre. Just you know, just being there. Yeah, we're hoping that theatres will reopen. Scarlett and I have both got hopefully touch wood, fingers crossed, spin around in circles, all the good luck things. We've hopefully got a show. <laughs> Lined up for May, June time, maybe. Fingers crossed, here's yeah. hoping. Another one for you, miss. 
Saxons at Sutton Hoo, green children in Woolpit, smugglers at Sizewell, and Ed Sheeran by the Castle on the Hill. Suffolk is full of fascinating stuff, and I'm here to deep dive into it all. Join me, Emily Slade, and my guests every Friday as I look into the different areas of the county by the sea. From film to folklore, history to Haverhill, there's definitely something about Suffolk. So we told our listeners that you'd be coming on the podcast and we asked them to send in some questions for you, such as this one that was emailed in to us. What do you think makes a good agent-actor relationship? Mm, mm, really good question. Um, thank you for that. Um, a good agent-actor relationship... Check in with your agent, send an email to say, you don't have to reply to this, but this is what I'm doing for my career. And that's the, that's the thing, putting you don't have to reply to this, but I'm doing this, or I'm doing these online classes, or I'm setting up a workshop with this person, or, or just something. Because actually, there are many, many actors that, that, that don't do that. Um, or, you know, just thanking, thanking your agent for the work that they do. Um, just sending an email or a, or a WhatsApp, whatever their preferred method of communication is. All the stuff that you do that you don't see, it's like an iceberg. A lot of the work that the, act, the agent does on behalf of the actor, you don't see because, because you know, we're on the phone to casting, we're on the floor or, or you know, we're, we're, we're emailing, we're spending time, time that we're not actually getting paid for to do stuff, to get an actor seen. But we do it because we love it. That's nice, though, that you've, well, that you've been able to put that point across because I'm sure there are a lot of people that don't realise that there's a lot more going on behind scenes than meets the eye. Sort of. It's very, very easy. It's the easiest thing in the world to say, well, it's my agent's fault. It's no one's fault. It's no one's fault. But actually, your agent only has a, only has a toolbox of, of, you know, what they can work with. And sometimes those tools don't fit in the thing. So you have to kind of go, well, how can I make, how can I make my to use a tool metaphor now, uh, how can I make my tools more malleable to fit in the slots? Yeah. We've, we've moved on for the food metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> so you're calling your partners tools now, are you? Ah, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Stick with the food one. Stick with the food one. <laughs> oh, you're the God. weirdest shaped tool I've ever met. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, and it's so important, you know, it's an industry of relationships and you know we see actors leaving agencies joining other agencies leaving those agencies joining other agencies that's not that gives you one thing which is a bad reputation it means that you don't have loyalty so actually if you think about it in terms of a real life partner you don't want a partner that does that that just that, that just joins you and then leaves after a few months you want a partner that actually in, in for the long term so actually you've got to think about it in, in those terms and you also got to think about it as a business because you are the CEO of your company. Your company is you, but you're the CEO, but also you're the financial officer and you're the marketing officer and, you know, you're all these things. You know, you're the post boy, you're the, you know, whatever. So actually you have to think about yourself like that. And the other thing I want to say is also give yourself permission not to do because it's really easy to kind of get sucked into that. I must, I must be doing something. I must be doing like a monologue thing or I must be singing a self-tape thing. I must be doing you don't have to do anything to be validated as an actor because you are enough as you are. Even if you haven't done a monologue challenge or, a, you know, anything else that's going on right now or met a casting director at one of their one of their Zoom workshop things, 
it doesn't matter. You don't need the validation. The only validation you need is, is from yourself because you are already enough as you are, full stop. I've seen a few like, you know, casting workshops on Zoom or, hey, here's some right. acting challenges. And I'm like, oh, and then I feel like yeah. I can't be bothered because... I've got other stuff to worry about. And then when I yeah. miss out on doing it, I'm like, should I have done it? Oh God, uh, I don't know. That's when you get the FOMO, isn't it? And there are there are an infinite number of ways in and an infinite number of, of options in. You only need one casting director to champion you. And once you have that one casting director, then you have an in. And if, if you haven't done a casting director workshop in in six months or you haven't done a monologue challenge or you haven't done this you haven't done that it doesn't matter let's think about the stuff that you have done that makes you uniquely you we've spoken before you you david have your job job you haven't got every hour under the sun to be recording this tape yeah. and that tape so it, it's doing what's right for you isn't it and realizing that when we put ourselves under pressure to do something it's often comes from a little voice in our heads that says that we are not enough mm. and it comes from our ego part of our brain that says we should be doing something because if we're not doing it then we're not going to be liked loved or something else but actually we have to write ourselves a permission slip every so often to kind of go i give myself permission just to have a nap today i give myself permission to stay in bed and watch Netflix. I give myself permission to go out for a walk today and have a good chat and have a chat with a friend. That's my day. That's what I need to do. I suppose I can speak on behalf of new in the industry. So one of the questions we had was, how would you suggest emerging actors get themselves out there and seen? I would suggest there's, there's one of several ways you could do it. Don't ask to get, always ask to give. Ask right. what you ask, how you can provide value to a relationship, whether it's to an agent or whether it's to a casting director. Um, so, for example, from an agent's point of view, you could say something along the lines of, yeah, I'm probably going to get loads of emails now, but something, <laughs> something along the lines of, I'm not, I'm not looking for representation. Like, assuming, assuming you don't have rep, right? Just assume you don't yeah. have rep. I'm not looking for representation. I would like to have a virtual coffee with you in a 10-minute chat. Because and, and oh, because then our interest and my interest is peaked. It's like, wow, okay, you're not looking to get something from me. You're looking just to have a conversation. And that's all you're looking mm. for. And if we get on, it's a it's a 10 minute conversation over Zoom and we've had a coffee and nothing's been lost. That kind of covers another listener question that came in, which was, do you recommend actors reach out to you at any time or whether it should only be if you have your books open? But you seem to have answered that already, but only if they're kind of, even if they're just asking for advice or if it's actors seeking representation, do you recommend that they wait until an agency has officially announced that they've got their books open or will you accept an email whenever? So the thing is, all agencies have their books open at any time. Now, sometimes on their website, they say our books are closed or they might send a generic email saying our books are closed. All agencies' books are open. You've just opened the floodgates. Every yeah. actor listening now is not represented. Is like what? <laughs> right yeah. then, straight the onto really, the internet. The thing is, if 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 an actor is easily bookable, and for example, is is has stuff going on on either on the CV or the showreel, or they've done a credit, or you know something like that, and the agent really likes the look of them, they will get them in because it's a business. Mm. This, and it doesn't matter if an agency's mm. website say 
our books are currently closed like if they can fill a niche that is currently lacking in that agency then actually nine times out of ten they will be like okay let's just have a conversation with this person every agent now is going to be like thanks danny <laughs> everyone you i'm you, so sorry i'm gonna be hated by agents you've revealed <laughs> our secret <laughs> what you said about um just sending a message and saying can we just have a chat that that seems a lot more polite without being like here i am this is everything i've done it almost comes across a bit aggressive that's what i'd recommend actors to do because it's as i said at the start it's an industry based on relationships and if you have a relationship with someone like because you know we teach the self-tape workshops for example and all about self-tapes and and actually making it believable in in scene study and also in in self-tapes if you do send a, a, an email that's bordering on the aggressive or that's like, hi, can I join your books or something like that? And we do get high union management, even though our names are on our website um, <laughs> and on our Twitter feed, I believe they are. You know, we, you know, if you do send an email like that, nine times out of 10, they're just going to be binned because actually you haven't done your homework and actually it's part of your job to mm. kind of work out what's going to be a good fit for me. You know, and it's like, if I don't call you, you know, your name's are David and Scarlett. Wonderful. Wonderful. But if I just said, if I just said, hi, you know, two David actors <laughs> that walked into a bar. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many agencies out there now that if you just feel like it's a blanket email to everybody they whose email address they could get their hands on, you think, well, I'm obviously not that important to them. Ta-da. Don't send a blanket email do your research of course it just means a little bit more time but all that all, all that shows is you're just being a little bit more discerning and actually you're caring about your product which is yourself and again i'll bring it back to the metaphor about having a partner in real life because actually you wouldn't just kind of we would just kind of go right i'm in the street someone go out with me doesn't matter who because that's effectively what you're saying <laughs> i mean i mean i do personally <laughs> single and ready to mingle <laughs> We did get a few questions from people about what it is in a cover letter that catches your eye. I'm rubbish at writing cover letters. I absolutely hate it. The one thing I hate is writing about myself and why I'm good. I'm just like, can't you just look at my cast list and trust I'm a decent enough actor, please? See, David, the, the coach in me wants to say to you, why do you hate bringing the attention to yourself? Oh, no, no, no. This is starting to sound like a therapy session now. <laughs> This is supposed to be a fun podcast. End call for me. (laughs) Agents aren't necessarily looking for loads of credits. They're not necessarily looking for, you know, the best reel. We're looking for someone human to work with. I'd much rather work with someone who doesn't have as much credits on their CV, but actually I can trust, you know, there's something going on. It's not just a list of, you know, robotic credits. It's the difference between a real person and a blow-up doll. <laughs> now that is my kind of analogy. <laughs> Love it. It's just gone seven, so we can talk about blow-up dolls. Now. Oh, speaking of blow-up dolls, and this is so off-topic, do you know that people <laughs> people can actually marry like a doll now? I didn't know that. I watched this very peculiar documentary, um, and this fella had this like he'd sent away for it to be made. I think it was a one of the sex shops in Brighton or something. Um, they had had it made for him and he got it tailored and everything. You can actually marry an object. That'd be like taking, I don't know, your favourite mug to the altar, give it a kiss and off you go. But people have married like parts of the Berlin Wall and their cars and the Eiffel Tower, I think, is married to someone. Have I been living under a rock? Why didn't I know this? <laughs> 
I mean, a doll seems kind of normal when you put it like that. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, not that I've done many black dolls. <laughs> I tell you what, that would well catch an agent's eye, surely. I am married to a blow-up doll. <laughs> right then, mate. After the same again. I'm trying to think which one to go for first. If we go for the short one, or we go for the long paragraph next. Because the long paragraph, I'd be Ooh, in... Do you know which one I'm talking about, Scarlett? I do. How much have you had to drink? <laughs> What's coming up? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Christ, somebody's written in like a... A whole A4 sheet. Someone DM'd me this. I'm going to read this person? one. Who is this person? Can well, we we're, name? Not, uh, we're not going to say it. Okay, fine. Oh, but okay, what I will enough. point out when I'm reading this, I have checked they are not under your agency. They're under a completely different one because I did check when I saw it. Where's went... David doing his homework? <laughs> well, no, because I was like, I don't want to make this really, really fucking awkward. And it's like, oh, by the way. Yeah, right. I hate my agent. <laughs> well, it's kind of that one. Okay, but, go on then. Okay, so this person... They wrote in to me saying this. I've been with my agent for a few years now. At the start, I was getting put up for a lot of jobs and getting some decent auditions and opportunities along the way. However, in more recent years, pre-pandemic, the opportunities have dried up and I've noticed my agent has taken on more actors who have a similar casting to me. I've tried asking my agent what we can both do in order to try and get me in the room with a casting director, but the only response I get is, I'm doing all I can my end, you need to update your showreel and headshots, which is what I've done. I've been contemplating leaving my agent and seeking new representation, but I'm worried it will be a massive step backwards for me and my career. Have you got any advice? Take it away, Danny. Thank you so much for your, um, your question, your email. Um, it's not uncommon. Just because an agency or a manager, because, you know, we kind of think like a manager, or like a manager, has similar types to you on their books is no bad thing. Because what it means is that casting directors, if your agent is a reputable agent and, and a good agent, will actually go, oh, you know what, this person has this, this type actor, let's just go to them, you know, you know, let's just, you know, put the call in and da, da, da. Because actually, um, although I don't know your agent, I'm assuming they are submitting you along with other actors of, of your type. Sometimes if you've been with an agent for a long time, you might think that it's not a step back to leave them. It's not a step back to kind of be self-represented for a while. You know, you know, make yourself single for a while, play the field. You know, you know to, let, let's go back to the metaphor about relationships. You don't have to be with an agent. You don't have to straight away step into someone else's shoes. You don't have to do that. You can actually just kind of go okay this, this is fine and actually nothing is a step nothing actually is a step back it's only a step forward i think people tend to forget that even though it's not your conventional occupation but just the same as her regular job or i don't know working in a supermarket or an office or something like that if it wasn't right for you you would make the change because that's what's necessary so maybe the time is right to kind of leave it's, and it's okay it's okay to leave I think that would be good for a lot of actors to hear because there are some, and obviously you're one of them, Scarlett, who have unfortunately had their agents uh, or the the agencies that they were part of have mm. to shut down because of the pandemic. So it'd be quite good to hear that it's not a step backwards, it's all a step forwards. Use the use the tools that you're given or the food or the relationships. Would you go through all the metaphors? Maybe go back to your agent, this, this person, you know, perhaps go back to your agent and just go, okay, look... Um, you know, can we have a Zoom 
catch up? Can we have a Zoom chat? Anything like that? Shall I be contacting casting directors more often? Shall I be doing this? You know, I've got a spreadsheet of, of casting people that I have emailed. You know, this is where I would like to, to be or to do. And I know the industry right now is, is, is it's a very strange time. It's, it's not a normal time. But the fact that, that this person is still with their agent, you know, virtually a year into the pandemic says something about that relationship. And it says something there, there it's worth fighting for i wonder if some people do they worry about there being bad blood and will they not get as much work because if they go right this isn't isn't working for me anymore i'm I'm gonna leave and perhaps go it alone and self-represent or find new representation do they think that that will i don't know will, will their name get around as not being having been loyal the only time that that happens when casting directors agents remember names is if an actor skips agencies you know you know just hops from agency to agency after like a few months that's when you get bad reputations because it's like you know you don't want to share your bed with someone and the following month they're sharing their bed with someone else I mean Mm. you you know you don't want that right so you know and and you want to build an authentic relationship you want to build an authentic relationship with with your agent who therefore on your behalf builds authentic relationships with casting directors That's last orders at the bar, please. Last orders at the bar. We've done a lot of sort of grilling you about questions that we've had and stuff. Is there anything you've got coming up in the future? Anything exciting that you'd like to talk about at all? So I teach meditation and I teach creativity workshops every Sunday uh, at 6pm. So we usually do like a 20 minute meditation. And then, for example, we might be going through limiting beliefs uh, or, or, you know, we might be going through um, creativity work or abundance work or anything like that um because i'm also tra- i'm also trained as a life coach as well so we do that every sunday uh 6 p.m so if you do want to join us email us it's just eight pounds um but also we have a online actress retreat coming up at the end of february the 23rd to the 28th five days connecting actors in the uk and europe with casting directors agents managers producers dialect coaches attorney lawyers for O1s and green cards, et cetera, et cetera. And working actors in the US, the website is onlineactorsretreat.co.uk. Can anyone join that at any point during that time period? As long as it's not sold out on that particular session, yes. So for those listening, that actors retreat is happening now. So bloody go and um, check that out on onlineactorsretreat.co.uk. Would this have come about were it not for COVID? No, it wouldn't. In fact... I was planning an in-person retreat in London before COVID and I had I had bought plane tickets for casting directors to come over. Then COVID happened and I was like, ah, okay, maybe we can put this online. And we did it in October and it worked so well mm. that we're doing it again. Even though you've got to give yourself the opportunity to just not do, people are still looking for stuff to get involved in all the time. And it's from the comfort of your own home. So you're probably getting a lot of people that couldn't have done it if it was live in like in the actual live 3d flesh in person that's the word i'm thinking of here's the thing you can connect with the casting director for homeland in your pajamas (laughs) you can have nothing on waist down (laughs) i mean i have a t-shirt on but you can't see anything underneath can you (laughs) hey it's that kind of podcast (laughs) in some ways in some ways that's a good thing in some ways 
<laughs> who knows what you're missing out on <laughs> brilliant that's the lo- that's the kind of lowbrow note that we'd like to end an episode on <laughs> oh my god classic oh. two actors walk into a bar fashion <laughs> thank you very much danny Steele. <laughs> thank you danny thank you for coming on i've 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 loved every minute thank you so much what are you two still doing here go on sling your hook See you later, Davey boy. See you later, Scarlotta. We'd like to give a massive thanks to Rotaries for our soundtrack and to Megan Siggers for our artwork. And an even bigger thanks to all of you choosing to listen to us waffle on. Find us on all social media platforms and make sure to subscribe to us because we're actors. We need validation.